0: everyone to the newest episode of the Penpodcast.com. I'm your host, Matt Harms, founder of pen for hire, where we offer premier ghostwriting and author coaching services. Also the creators of the pen podcast, where we sit with authors, writers, writing industry professionals, subject matter experts, and all around interesting people. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Jennifer Musser. How are you today, Jennifer?
1: Wonderful. Thank you.
0: It is my pleasure. I'm thanking you for being here. Where are you joining us from?
1: New Jersey. Oh, whereabouts? Northern New Jersey. It's a town called West Caldwell. It's uh, pretty close to New York City, near Montclair area. If you're familiar, I
0: I know it well. I'm over in Westchester County, New York.
1: Oh, nice. Okay, close by.
0: Yes, small world. (laughs) So, if you'd be, are you originally from New Jersey? I am. Okay, Uh, if you'd be so kind, tell everyone a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. So my story is kind of filled with some zigzags, parallel lines, uphill climbs. When I was a little girl, I wanted to be a vet. I loved math and science, animals, had dogs growing up, and that was my vision. One of my favorite toys as a kid that my parents gave me was a doctor kit. And we had this dog, Max, at the time, and I used to pretend play vet on our dog, Max. So fast forward, I go to college convinced I'm gonna become a vet. I major in biology, long story short, I ended up pivoting to the business school and majoring in finance, excelling. My first job out of college was with PWC in New York. Absolutely loved it, stayed there four years, left for a promotional opportunity. So I remained in the consulting world for several years. I enjoyed global travel, I learned a ton. And then I decided to transition from consulting into the corporate environment. I wanted to see a different perspective. I wanted to be on the opposite side of the table, you know, not the consultant in somebody else's house. So during that time, I discovered turnaround consulting work and turnaround absolutely lit lit me up. I kind of found an inner fire in me. So I ended up playing a role in an, in a turnaround that was wildly successful and so much so that <laughs> I ended up uh, out of a job sooner than than we planned. The plan was, you know, package it up, turn it around, package it up and sell it to a strategic buyer. So that went really well. And at that point, I was ready to walk into the sunshine and take a much needed break. So having my own business, a consulting business have been in the back round, kind of swirling around my mind, but there were always these, you know, what if that, and what if this, and didn't want to make the leap. Like you hear many entrepreneurs kind of feel, you know, I I fear lack of security or going out on my own or whatever. So a pivotal moment came when a stranger I didn't know found me, emailed me. It was a, a project that was right up my alley, would have been absolutely perfect, And the catch was I needed to have a legal entity. Well, there you go. That was kind of the kick I needed at that time. So that's how JLM and Associates Consulting was born. The other layer to this is that occurred during the pandemic. So funny thing is that person who I saw myself doing this consulting gig with ended up moving on. So he leaves the company, the project dies, and here I am with this uh, legal entity. So, somewhat parallel to that journey, this is where I'm getting into the writing bit, my writing journey commenced. So. Home during the pandemic, you know, how many board games can you play and Netflix binges and all this stuff. So during that extra time, I started reading even more. I've always been a a really avid reader. So that more than doubled. Instead of six books on my nightstand, I had like more than 12. And then I started getting into journaling just journaling kind of for myself and about the business and visions or whatever. So my creative juices were flowing. And I think I just kind of turned on a faucet. You know, I was designing the company logo. I wrote every word of my website copy, designed the website, all this stuff. So my creative side was turned on, tuned in. There was no stopping it and it felt fantastic. And I started writing nonfiction, which led me to start what I called the Enlightened Leadership blog. It's it's through my company, all of it's written by me though. And on through that blog, I use that as a channel to communicate thoughts to promote growth in others, but it's all based on Jennifer's experiences, things that I think, you know, can can help small businesses or things that have happened and uh all kind of real life stuff. So funny thing is when I told my parents about, you know, I'm I'm writing, I never kind of thought I'd see myself doing this. My mom shared a story with me from when I was a little girl that once she told me I I kind of remembered it but as a little girl I used to I used to write these stories and draw pictures and then kind of bind them up into these little books with construction paper (laughs) and sell them to my relatives you know like grandma will you buy this book for you know a quarter or whatever and I think because of my line of work you know the very left brain dominant, math, science, all that kind of stuff. I, I had the creativity in me, I had these other abilities, but it was kind of like, they were buried, or they became far less dominant. So looking back, it makes sense that I was able to write and, and there's more to that story, of course, but so, at the end of the day, the little girl who loved animals and dogs still does i have I have two puppies now, and when I started writing, I had an eighteen year old dog she was Roxy she was my writing muse and and she's since since left us but anyway, and then the young girl who liked to read and write, she lives on, but I became an entrepreneur on this writing journey, not a vet, so that's the uh the uh, short version of Jennifer's little story.
0: So I, I got to tell you, there are so many things in there that I had to write down because <laughs> the parallels between you and me and and then clients, I guess when you started out saying, I forget the exact what you said, because I didn't catch it in time, but the zig, the zag, yes. uh, right? Nothing in life is ever going to go as you plan it.
1: No,
0: it's really <laughs> more about just going along for that journey.
1: Yes. We just finished
0: working with a client who when, much like your story, she wanted to be an oceanographer. She wanted to do ocean research. Um, And then when she finally got old enough, she realized she gets seasick. So she Ah. wound up becoming a cop instead. And then went to the doctorate and now is is working with juvenile law and as a school resource officer. I, growing up, wanted to be a writer, as my listeners have probably heard hundreds of times. And I was told that wasn't a real job. So I went and got a finance degree, which I absolutely hated. (laughs) And I worked in the corporate world forever. So I'm curious because I hated every minute of it. You went (laughs) from consulting to corporate. Which did you like better?
1: Well, I'm back in consulting. So that somewhat answers the question. What I like about consulting is there's pros and cons of everything. But with consulting, you are an objective view in somebody else's world the downside is you're a consultant walking into somebody else's house so there's always this element of you know you're an outsider and we know more because we live here and whatnot but i like having that objective view and learning about somebody's business and because you're objective you're not in it you know it's kind of like if you lose, you know, say you lose 10 pounds, but you're looking at yourself every day, you may not see it as dramatically as somebody who sees you who hasn't seen you in in two months that says, oh, wow, you look really good. So I like that aspect of, of consulting. And also with consulting, you're moving around more. You're here for a month or there, or whatever. Whereas in the corporate world, you're more static. Things are always dynamic and shifting around you. But the, the roles tend to be more, more static. You're not, you're not changing jobs or companies, of course.
0: Thank you for listening to the Penn Podcast, produced by Penn for Hire. Have you ever wished the people in your life would give you honest, useful criticism on your work? Advice and insight to help improve the narrative instead of just saying it's good? Well, our team at Pen for Hire specializes in developmental editing, so no matter where you are in the writing process, we can help you take it to the next level. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get a free consultation today. And now back to the interview. Yeah, I I tended to find at least my Mm -hmm. difference between the coaching that I'm doing now and when I was in the corporate world, no one in the corporate world really wanted your opinion unless it agreed with whatever they wanted to do. Whereas <laughs> when you're when you're I've been of, there. right. Yeah. When you're on the other side though, when you're working with people who want to pay you to come in and help them, then they're gonna yeah. listen to you because that that's the only reason they hired you. So I hired you to do this, that's all I want you to do.
1: That's a great point. Yes. And and there's a lot of personalities in, in that world where that's absolutely true. Yeah.
0: I want to come back to your blog, but I have to throw this out real quick. When it had to be about 15 years ago, my brother and I, when we were living together, we adopted a dog named Roxy um, and she (laughs) lived to be about 18.
1: Oh, wow. That's very cool.
0: My brother had took the dog with him and she was actually alive until about a year or so ago.
1: Wow. Yeah. Roxy. I'm married and, and I have a family and Roxy came before, before everybody. So she was my shadow before, you know, I was married before I was a mom and, and she's been with me on this entrepreneurial and writing journey, literally in my lap when I, when I wrote my blogs and, uh, she was a great little dog.
0: Love it. So the enlightened leadership blog, what was your intent when you started it?
1: My intent was to to develop another avenue to share real life experience. And, you know, we all, there's so much to read and digest. And now we have snippets on social media with reels and, you know, you can digest all day long, but I wanted to connect with folks that may not be, you know, a client sitting with me or somebody on a Zoom or somebody I meet at a networking event but just put real life experience out there and also share perspective from big business. So I was in corporate, I was in big business consulting, and I have that knowledge and that perspective to share with small business owners who a lot of their challenges are very different, but there are overlaps and and I'm continuing to learn about them and it's pretty fascinating. And they can benefit from some of what I can share. And I want to share that, that, you know, you don't have to pay me to talk to me to to learn something here, you know, maybe you'll pick up a tidbit on a blog. So it's just an avenue to put perspective and voice out into the world. And people do read it. (laughs) I actually wrote a blog about Uh, Roxy's passing and I wrote that one literally when it was happening I just I needed to process and and I did that through writing and that's one of the ones that people connect with it's not really about it's not about business it's there's so many dog people out there and and that one uh, my kind of Takeaway is what real life lessons did I learn from this dog over the past 18 years? And it really hit home with some folks. So I've received some nice notes about that.
0: Uh, and yeah, I mean, I've even in my own life found that the two opposite extremes of writing are one to enhance your credibility, right? Really give a message out there in the world that's hopefully going to help people. And the other is to deal with your own kind of shit that's going on, yeah. um, right? <laughs> yes. Rather than yes. sit there and lament, just getting it out in some way. It's just a whole different yes. feeling than even speaking to somebody about it.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that's what that blog did for me. It kind of helped me process. And the folks that have read it where they... um You know, that made me cry, but they're, they're dog people who, who lived it and they're like, oh yeah, wow, that that's true. Or yeah, my dog taught me that too. And every dog owner has a, has a story and it's just something that's out there now. Roxy lives
0: on. What makes everyone's writing unique is there are different people who are going to take messages different ways from different people, right? Yes. You and I could say the exact same thing or we could write the exact same, well, obviously not plagiarized, but write. Right. Kind of the same message about a topic and someone may resonate with yours more than mine and vice versa. Someone may resonate with mine more than yours. Yes.
1: Yes. So what
0: we try to tell Absolutely. All of our clients is don't worry about so much about the message. Worry about your voice.
1: Yes. Yes. And when you have a voice, there's, there are people, you'll find your audience. I, I truly believe that.
0: Yeah. Well, how long ago did you start the Enlightened Leadership Blog?
1: That was 2021. So I, I was writing for, I was doing book reviews for in the publishing world. And I realized I really like writing, I you know, and And then I got to the point where I want to write my own stuff. I just don't want to (laughs) be reviewing others. So uh, it was August of 2021 when I posted the first one publicly. I don't don't publish everything that, that I've written, but the first one in August was called It Takes Heart. And that was written, inspired by my journey starting JLM and Associates Consulting, just you know, and, and a quote there. The blog image for that one is a, a founder chooses what they find, and I, I really wrote that from my heart because I believe it. You know, I'm still kind of finding it, but when you when you launch a business for you, it's it's writing and bringing your gifts into the world, Matt, and and for me, it's this consulting and now wherever this writing takes me. But I feel like we're all on a journey, and it it when we're the word that's a buzzword now is passion, but when when it's within you, it really shines, and that's kind of what that first post touched upon. Ironically, Roxy then <laughs> passed in August, and so the September post was called "Turn the Page," and that was the uh, I call it the Roxy, the Roxy blog, but that was September.
0: Now, being that you're, you're in, you're still in business for yourself, correct? Still doing yes. the consulting and has the, actually, let me back that up a second. The blog, I'm assuming it sounds like with your passion that you've consistently been updating it since August of 21, right? Yes. Has it helped you in your business at all?
1: Yes. Uh, the pause there was, you know, at- can I attach it to revenue type stuff? No, not necessarily. But in terms of a channel to communicate with folks that are, are a potential audience or are interested in in learning from me, some have reached out to me. So yes, I think, I think authoring a blog or a book or, even speaking, it just helps you tap into different different folks and build your audience. And certainly the credibility factor, like you mentioned, Matt, is part of that.
0: I actually love that you paused on your answer because <laughs> that revenue piece is, I think, the, the stumbling block a lot of people get stuck on. I, I know I have this conversation with everyone thinking of writing a book and letting them know it's your return on investment is probably not going to come from sales, But that's also not to say that through your reach, right? And through the people who are now listening to your message and coming into your world and maybe telling their friends to read your blog, sometimes it gets to a point where we can't even quantify if we're making revenue from the writing, but we just know that we're getting busier.
1: Yes, I agree 100%.
0: So that's that's something we really like to reinforce on this show. Even, you know, whatever your path is, whether you want to be a fiction author, a nonfiction author, it's really important to know before you start writing what you want to accomplish from the writing. Like what would you like to happen in a year or two after this has been in the world?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Have you ever thought, I mean, maybe you have, have you, is the blog the only writing you've done or have you ventured into the world of putting together a book?
1: I have not ventured into that world. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because (laughs) the way my journey unfolded, you know, like having the consulting practice of my own was in the back of my mind years ago. And then You know that came to fruition it's somewhere in me matt when and if it comes out that that remains and you know i have this i mentioned the whole left brain thing creativity and i love creative types and through my consulting work now uh I'm exposed to them a lot more than I was in the corporate world. In the corporate world, you don't have much um, creative juices flowing. I mean, you do in the sense of marketing and stuff like that, but not like what we're discussing here today. So having that opened up for me, is like this whole other world. And I just feel lighter and like I have another part of my mind functioning on all cylinders. So it's it's really cool for me to have that. You know, I can go over and d- help a client with their analytics and their finances and stuff, but then I can also go right too. So it, it's a very cool experience.
0: Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com, produced by Pen for Hire. There's a saying, don't judge a book by its cover, but that was never meant to actually apply to books. Unfortunately, readers are naturally inclined to books with covers and titles that catch their attention. Don't let your masterpiece go unread because of a poorly designed cover. A great book cover doesn't have to break your budget either. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get a free consultation today. And now back to the interview. Well, I'm going to let you in on on a little insider tip here that I give everyone. Everything is potential content for a book. So if you've been writing a blog consistently for almost a year, whenever you're thinking more toward that book, just go back and start to identify themes in the writing, what goes with what, and you've almost got an, that's like your outline and your starter content that you can then flesh out more in a book. Because, as you probably know, blogs have got to be shorter, right? Yes. People have limited time frames. Everyone now wants it quick, fast. And yesterday, they want a video yes. instead of reading. So the blog can draw them in, but then you can repurpose that content and really give people who have even read your blogs more behind the scenes and flesh out some of the concepts you were trying to tell them.
1: Right. That's that's a great perspective. I even had someone. <laughs> Tell me, well, take a, take a video of yourself writing and you know what you do and, and whatever. And I had a laugh with that one because when I write, I, I love when it's still dark outside and I keep the house dark and it's me, the coffee, it's totally quiet. The dogs are with me. And that's my favorite day to write. Some authors do it in the middle of the night. You know, I talk to all different people, you know, wake up at 2, 3 a.m. And, and start writing. Everyone has their, has their methods. So, uh, yeah, video video is another avenue, too.
0: And there's one consistent theme with what you just said about the times of the day for people. There is no right or wrong time, but what you have to do is one, you have to figure out what works for you. Yes. And then two, you have to actually schedule it. If yes. you don't put it on your calendar, chances are life's going to happen. If you don't set your alarm in the morning when that's your writing time, something's undoubtedly going to happen. And by the end of the week, you're going to look back and say, wow, I didn't write anything.
1: Yes. That's true. And I do calendar it now. And in the beginning, it was more, you know, oh, you know, it was free flowing. And now I I definitely calendar it. And sometimes, though, like many other authors, you know, something you attend an event, or you meet somebody or something happens in your life. And then those are the moments for me, like, okay, I, I have to go write this down now before I forget. So I've also learned to do that. Because When I don't, then if I go to do it tomorrow, I may have, the words may not be flowing as as freely. So I've learned that just by trial and error for myself.
0: That is such a great point. In fact, that has happened to me more times than I can count. I am the king of sticky notes. Like if an idea comes to me, I'll just jot that whatever I can inside of my bed. Sometimes just because you're in the middle of other things and you don't want to stop. But by doing that, oftentimes when you come back and look at it later, that moment has passed. That moment of inspiration is gone. And now all you have is a reminder that you can't make heads or tails of.
1: Yes, that's so true. That is so true.
0: I have a stack of folders and notebooks that are like, because I I write fiction for myself, um, mainly nonfiction for our clients, but it's got to be hundreds of ideas for blog posts, for articles, for novels, some of them better than others. And then I look, I'm like, well, I'm my own worst enemy because I'm not scheduling that time. And guess how many books I've published for myself in the last two years?
1: Well, that's because you're putting your clients first. (laughs) That's what happens.
0: It is, Um, but I'm also not scheduling it for myself. Right. I'm my own worst enemy. I don't take my own advice. So I'm I'm glad (laughs) that you've figured that out and you've (laughs) got that down. What comes next? Like what would you like to accomplish in your business or in your writing in the next 12 months?
1: I started to get more into speaking, and that is also one of these parallel journeys for me. So uh, I've done some speaking recently, and one, afterwards, have you had that experience, Matt, where you connect with people, and then afterwards, they just, they want more, they want more? So that was my experience there. So after I was done with this talk, people... A couple of the, it was a, a business group, and a couple of them said, Oh, I want to write that down. Can you send me that? Da, da, da. I want to tape it to my mirror so I see it in the morning as my reminder. <laughs> and I thought to myself, Wow, you know, this person wants what I just said on a piece of paper taped to their bathroom mirror. That's pretty cool. So that was another kind of wow experience for me in a good way. So I think back to what we said a little bit ago about just having channels to get your voice out there and and share with others tidbits that they can they can take away. One thing I'm, you know, through the reading and the speaking and even the business, folks have, we all have this very short attention span right now. It's not just the teenagers, it's the grown-ups too. We all have it. but people will, You know, they may not read a thousand words or 800 words, but they'll read some of it. And during a, a keynote or something, people will space out, but the important parts to them, they will, they will hear. So I think we just have to keep trying to, to share our journey with others and they'll take from it. What, what helps them at that time?
0: Yeah. And you know, in life, they, they talk about in education, no one learns the same, right? You've got visual learners, audio, audio learners, people who have to have hands-on learning. And it's the same thing when we're trying to get a message across. Some people are going are gonna to pick out something you said in a speech, and that's going to be the reason they now start reading everything that you write. Some people may read something you wrote and find out you're speaking and say, well, now I want to really hear that. Whereas if it was reversed, that same person, if they heard you spoke first may not be interested in reading anything because that's just not how it gets through to them. So to be able to convey a message in multi, uh, in a multitude of platforms is really advantageous.
1: Yes. Yeah. You, you stated that well, it is, it is. And, and it comes back to that connection and that connection is, you know, when we were sharing info, you, you and me for this podcast, and I shared my philosophy, be kind, be a giver, be present. And that for me sharing, you know, I've had people say to me, literally have said to me, you know, why, why are you doing that for free and why, you know, you should charge for this and and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, that's not at my core. Yes. I want to be paid. Yes. I, I I'm here to make a living, but I want to share and I, I want to help others grow. And everything is not about the almighty dollar to me. And so I I speak, I write all that with kindness, and I'm willing to give. And the be present part of my philosophy is, has evolved over time. But the be present is also a reminder to me, you know, we're here talking, we're present right now. If if we're writing, I'm present in that. And um, if you're with a client, you're present at that time, just be present with who you're with and and what you're doing. So I need that reminder daily, it seems sometimes. <laughs>
0: yeah uh, i'll take that a step further we have to really be conscious because i am worst offender of this of making time to be present for ourselves yes because you can spend all day being present with every single client meeting every single associate you have to entertain and then next thing you know it's nine o'clock at night you're laying in bed you don't know where the day went and you haven't had any time for yourself
1: absolutely matt great right. point so Especially true,
0: givers, I, i'm much like you i give far more than some of my colleagues can imagine just because i genuinely do believe words have power people should get it out there do i have bills to pay and is this a business yes but if i can give just a little something that's going to help somebody do something they maybe couldn't otherwise i'm happy to do that too
1: that's great Well, we have that in common.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. That's why I knew you'd be a great guest on the show. So I I really appreciate you coming on. I would love for you to give everyone listening and watching how they can get in touch with you, how they can find out more about your work, where where they can read your blog, social media, anything that you want to give out so people can reach out.
1: That's great. Thanks, Matt. So then the company is JLM and Associates Consulting, LLC. The website is jlmaconsulting.com. You can go to the Enlightened Leadership blog page on that website and and find the writing and the contact us can lead you to me. And you can also email me at jennifermusser at jlmaconsulting.com. I'd love to hear from anybody about blog topics or feedback, anything you want to share.
0: Thank you so much for that. And I'm I'm just going to pull out one last point as we end the show, as a reader, as anyone out there who's consuming blogs or books, and you find someone you connect with, don't be afraid to ask if there's a topic that someone hasn't written about that you're interested in, and it seems to be something they might know. There's no greater sign of flattery than asking someone to share their wisdom with you. I assure you, no one's going to look at it and go, I can't believe you asked for that. Well, actually, as a writer, I know I'd be flattered. It sounded like you'd be flattered.
1: Absolutely.
0: Tell us what you want. We're here to share it. Cause if you don't read it, it doesn't, we might as well not write it.
1: (laughs) That's one way to put it. It's true.
0: (laughs) If a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it, does it make a sound? (laughs) I'm going to start incorporating everyone with that. Reach out to your writers, tell them what you think, tell them what you want to hear. Uh, we, as always, appreciate you tuning into the show, supporting our authors. Please reach out to Jen, and we will catch you all on the next episode. Thank you again for tuning into the Penn Podcast. You just spent this time with Matt Harms and Jennifer Musser. We'll catch you on the next episode.
1: Thank you.